From BetaCell, this is Thicker Than Water. I'm your host, Craig Steubing. There was a study that showed that people with type 1 diabetes make an additional 180 decisions every day that someone without type 1 doesn't have to make. So let's say you want to go for a morning walk. You have to stop and think about what your blood sugar is and how far you want to walk. Then you think about if you need to eat something, and then what you should eat. Then you need to factor in if you have insulin on board already, and if you should change the basal rate of your pump. If it's the morning, maybe your dawn phenomenon is kicking in too. And on and on, adding little inputs to a complex formula to keep us alive. And that's just to go for one walk. It's easy to imagine how little decisions like those can add up all day. So for me, having type 1 diabetes makes me really love routines. If I eat the same breakfast at the same time every day, I know exactly how many carbs are in it and how much insulin to take. I've just put a bunch of decisions into autopilot. Now when I wake up in the morning, I basically don't have to think about diabetes at all. It's no different than knowing I'm going to brush my teeth or put on pants. But humans aren't machines. If every day was the same, I would never see my friends, never go out on the weekends, never eat pizza and ice cream. As the saying goes, variety is the spice of life. So to be successful with type 1, you have to figure out how to manage the stuff outside of your routine. The unknown. The stuff that makes life fun. But when you do that spontaneous stuff enough, adapting the changes becomes routine too. So today on the show, we check in with Aunt Laura again and see how she's been loosening up. Just a bit. Hi, it's been a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long time. I did the math and it's been, you've had type one for 576 days, one year, six months, 29 days. So that's, this is a good time to do it because it's like a year and a half, right? Yeah. So, um, the last seven months, I guess, have been a little different than (laughs) the, uh, first year. How has the pandemic been treating you? (laughs) Um, the pandemic is just... First, you know, the pandemic isn't fun for anybody. But then when it first started, there was that huge warning for diabetics. So I took that really seriously and was so, you know, worried about, you know, everything. You know, like I didn't go to the grocery store. I didn't do a lot of stuff. I only saw my husband who was still working. But the change for us in there was he's now working out of our house and one of his colleagues comes to the house every day because that's what they do. And so um, making sure that he, his colleague is safe from us and then I'm safe from him. So that was a whole change. But then when things got further along and we realized we just need to take, be very cautious, um, I went back to taking care of my grandson one day a week because their family... He has a very small circle of people. And so we're trying to just be, I'd say I'm just trying to still be very cautious 
and limit who I spend time with. I don't spend time with people who have been out or go to restaurants or do things like that. Um, but otherwise, it's just the summer went by and we didn't get to do anything, which kind of stinks because <laughs> yeah. we're in the Midwest. <laughs> you only get so much time. And now I'm thinking, if this is going to be all winter, it's going to be a long winter. I understand people who have, uh, you know, quarantine fatigue and are loosening up, but we don't want to loosen up too much because I still think we're vulnerable. I mean, we're I'm in the age group that's a little more vulnerable. I'm in the, I have the diabetes. So I think, I just keep thinking you pay the price now. It will, it will end one day, but we just have to wait till we get that vaccine or whatever. Do you think that six months into this, you're less nervous than you were at the beginning? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it still hangs over your head that if you get it, what would happen to me? Mm -hmm. Would I get really bad or would I be fine? I mean, because my my diabetes is well controlled. So it's not like I'm uh, vulnerable because I haven't been taking care of myself. So hopefully if I did get it and who knows, I could have already been exposed to it because I'm not testing. Um, you just have to look at it as living your life but being cautious. Has being stuck at home changed diabetes management at all for you? No, I've been pretty much the same. I would say I probably went through some of the things some people went through where you kind of would find yourself wanting to snack, you know, on something. And, you know, just because you're you're kind of stuck here. But... I limited my snacking to things that were not going to be high carb anyway, like, you know, nuts, cheese, things like that. So I would just say that kind of was maybe I had a little bit of that at the beginning. But after we hit spring, where at least you felt like you could go outside a little more, then then that got better. So you literally just came back from the endocrinologist. What did they have to say? So this is the thing. My endocrinologist that I started with has now left the practice and she has moved, you know, to a new location. So I had to change endocrinologists. So now today was my new endocrinologist who I like a lot. He was, he was very thorough, but has some different philosophies for me now moving forward with the diabetes. What kind of philosophies? He now feels like I don't need to be so restrictive. And he wants me to loosen it up a little. <laughs> and especially since I know how to count carbs, now he's saying that I can uh, adjust it as I eat. And I'm, pro- I'm not going to go whole hog and go, you know, 100 grams or whatever. You know, I'm pretty much going to probably stay around where I am anyway. I also asked him about snacking because I haven't taken insulin between meals, you know, in order to have a snack. And he totally was like, eat a snack. <laughs> if you're going to have, you know, 15 carbs, take a unit of insulin, you know. So that kind of frees up my eating pattern a little bit. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm really going to go crazy. But he did say to me that looking at me, I am not the typical patient which I adjusted as meaning I count my carbs. You know, I, I eat 
pretty much at the same time every day unless I'm traveling or there, it's a different event. So because my control was so good, he felt like I can now just be a little more loose with adding some carbs to my diet, which is nice. Yeah. You're very by the book when your endocrinologist mm-hmm. said 30 grams of carbs three times a day, mm-hmm. like you followed that to a T. But I imagine there's some, because uh, I, I kind of feel the same way, there is some, I don't know, comfort in the regimen, like knowing, okay, this is what I'm going to eat, this is what I'm going to do, and not really having to worry about, am I doing it right? Did I change things up? Right. But at the same time, you don't want to feel like if you wanted to go out to eat, that you didn't have to do it at a certain time. Right. Or if you wanted to have a late lunch or if you wanted to have brunch and like, right. you know, combine two meals in the one without just eating 30 grams of carbs. Now you feel like you can do that. Right. My husband and I were talking on the way home. I think because I was new, you know, to her. So she treated me like a new patient where she was going to get me into that mode of understanding car, you know, insulin and carbs and how they relate and how do you, you know, take care of that. So even though I'm a dietitian, I still had to learn that, you know, because it's different when you're doing it. So that was good. But I think it was nice that now I'm at the next step of him saying, okay, you understand it, you've got it, your A1C is fine, everything's fine, you know, so I just want you to, uh, you know, go ahead and feel that you can do this. He also changed my um, Bascalar instead of having uh, five units a night. Now he's cut me back to four. Oh, wow. The other thing I'll tell you that he's going to do that was new for me, he wanted to instruct me on how to adjust if I go too high, which I've never gone to 300 in all this time. But he wanted me to have that ability to adjust. So he's now putting me on the Novolog Pen Echo, where it's a pen refill, and I can do half units. So we'll see what the insurance pays. (laughs) (laughs) That's the big question. Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel excited to have this newfound freedom? You know what? I, I, I was talking to your uncle about this. I, again, I don't feel like I've been hugely deprived. And I think part of the issue is with being gluten-free, you know, it's like, eh, you know, I can't snack on a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I guess now um, if I want to have a snack with my grandson in the afternoon, then I, if I plan for it, then I could go ahead and have a gluten-free cookie, you know, at the mm-hmm. same time. Or I could have, like I said, if I go to a party or it's in the middle of the day, you know, or afternoon, then I know, oh, if there's appetizers, I can go ahead and have one unit. So that kind of makes me feel like there's a little more flexibility in that I can do that because I wasn't doing that. You know, it, it just it just wasn't a part of what I do. And I know it was always a bummer on holidays or special occasions when you felt like, okay, if you wanted to have a piece of cake, you couldn't eat anything else. Right. 
Now, it's going to be a big learning curve for me if I, because I bake some gluten-free stuff. So say I make gluten-free banana bread and I say, oh, well, I can eat that banana bread mid-morning if I want to have a half a piece. I'm going to have to figure out, because I use sugar, I don't use a lot of sugar substitutes, that's going to be a learning curve for me is how, how do I do that? Like even for ice cream, you know, like I don't, I haven't had it. So that's going to be kind of a learning curve of how does that affect me with the fat? and You haven't had ice cream in a year and a half? No. Really? I've had a taste of it. I will eat, I love them. Um, Trader Joe's has a little banana, frozen chocolate covered banana slices. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had those? Those are good. Well, are you going to start experimenting them? Just to kind of see if it works and then you can report back. I might just add like at lunch, you know, if I could have a sandwich with something else, that then I don't really think I will have as much of a feeling of sometimes I just felt hungry. I mean, and it wasn't associated with a high or a low. It was just, I feel hungry. So I would eat peanuts or cheese. So this way, at least I can say, eat a little more at lunch maybe, and then decide if I still want a snack, I'm able to do it. There's only so many uh, nuts and cheese someone can eat to fill themselves up. Well, that's up. what I mean. It's like, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, because I'm not, I don't want to eat a lot of, um, I don't know, what else can you eat? I mean, meat? I don't, I'm not going to eat do yeah. that. Beef jerky. Yeah, be, yeah, I'm not big on beef jerky. And, you know, all those things are high in sodium and stuff because I'm also trying to make sure, you know, I don't get too much salt, I don't get too much cholesterol. You know, I mean, it's all these things that you have to balance. After this appointment, do you feel different at all? I think, one, it was good. I mean, I kind of think, you know, it's sometimes it's good to have – a different opinion. You know, I was with one endocrinologist for the, what, year and a half. So now I'm with a new endocrinologist. So, you know, they have different philosophies. And then I think it was just good to be reassured. Another endocrinologist felt like I was doing well, that I was on track, that, you know, not that you need to be patting on the back a lot, but you like to hear that what you're doing is correct and you're, you know, you're, there's no red flags anywhere about anything that you're doing. So, and then the fact that he's loosening it up, yeah, you know, I'm going to be cautious. That's just the way I am. But I feel more comfortable now. So I think now maybe is the better time to, yeah, start doing that. Yeah. I may not have wanted to do that six months in, you know. And I, I think maybe feeling like I kind of understand how this all works in the little ways. You can understand how this all works probably helps bring it together. So I think anybody who's new, newly diagnosed, I think the hardest part is seeing what you're going to be like in a year or in two years. And I think you have to just realize it's just going to take time and patience. And it's a learning curve. And even then, you still don't know why some things happen. Even after 20 years, right? I mean, (laughs) you're still like, well, what was that? Yeah, yeah. Does that make you nervous at all? What? Like the opening of the floodgates? Not nervous in that I'll go crazy because I know I'm not going to. But experimentation is kind of like, you know, you you think, oh, you know, is is it going to go right or not go right? Well, it's exciting because, you know, a year and seven months in, 
it's like it's a whole new ball game. It's like you're right. a whole new diabetic almost. And I think that's maybe diabetics need to newly diagnosed need to understand that too. It doesn't mean once you hit the year, that's it forever. You know, I mean, things aren't going to change for you. I mean, down the road, you know, we have to watch my cholesterol. Now, that was uh, the last time I had it done was right when I was diagnosed, I think. Mm -hmm. So now when we do it again, uh, you know, it might be fine because I'm probably not eating as much meat because I'm not eating sandwiches at lunch. I'm not eating, you know what I mean? It's kind of a different it's always going to be changing, and I think it's, it just depends on your lifestyle and where you are with your body, the way it's taking the insulin and stuff. At what point do you feel like you stopped being newly diagnosed? I think I felt that way at a year, you know? Do you still feel that way? Yeah, I mean, sometimes, I guess I, I don't feel like it's new because I've lived it long enough now. I think sometimes I forget that it was within a course of a year I be, I became a diabetic and then I had to give up gluten. I mean, that's two huge things, you know, that I had to adjust in my diet. And so um, now I think I'm, I'm pretty much okay with it. I mean, I'm like, okay, this is the way it is. So I don't feel any of that um, like it's new, you know, it's. I've been doing it, so it's it's just routine, and you do it. Yeah. Why do you feel like? Do you feel like yours is? I mean, you know, do you feel like you're so old? <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be twenty years. Yeah. In a couple months, in January, it's a long time. Yeah. I guess it just feels like it is what it's always been it feels like like I, you know i don't remember a time without it right um and it's just sort of part of who you are what you do the only changes are new things like new types of insulin new yeah. dexcoms new you know all that kind of stuff and like you said every day is a little different so there's no point where I'm like, okay, don't have to think about this for a while, you know? Right. But right. I do think I'm more on autopilot, I guess. Like I, when something happens, I know what to do. I'm not thinking too much. How many, how many carbs is this? Am I going to, you know, how many units do I need? Oh, I'm running a little high. What should I do? I can kind of just instinctively do those things. And that makes it easier because then I'm not not thinking about it as much. You know, I'm think only really thinking about when I have to do something. But we talked about that. Like sometimes you eat the same meals, you know, because then you know exactly. Yeah. You know, like you have a meal and you know, okay, this is most likely how this meal is going to turn out, you know, with this amount of insulin. I mean, it just makes your life easier. Like my breakfasts are basically the same. You know, unless when we traveled and I could, you know, then it's different, but it's been basically the same. And it's so, it, it, there's no thought for me. It's like, this is what I eat <laughs> and I'm done. Yeah. It's mainly the, and even dinners, I try to, you know, I've been trying to try new things just because you get bored with the same old stuff. 
But it's how does a new meal affect me that I have to think about it too. You know, like what is this going to do and how is it going to do it? The hard part with type one is always when the routine changes. Right. And I think that's when people get anxious. It's okay. I'm going out to dinner. I've, you know, never eaten at this place before. It's a different time of day. It's different food. You know, maybe I'm in a different time zone or, oh, I'm going to, you know, go for this hike that I've never done before. I don't know what it's going to do, how hard it's going to be. And that's when you start, I don't know, sometimes I guess it feels like, is it worth the anxiety? Like, oh, is this meal worth all the trouble, all the mental anguish you go through and the second guessing? And then if you get it wrong, you you feel bad. And if you get it right, you don't really think about it. Right. And, and you try to learn from it. But again, this disease doesn't follow... You know, it's not always this is going to cause that. Sometimes it's just you just don't understand why, you know. And so I've been trying to do more of not blaming myself, but blaming the disease. (laughs) And there's nothing to do with me. I didn't do something wrong. (laughs) This disease is just nuts. And that's, you know, I mean, you, of course, pay attention, try to take care of it. But sometimes... I'll look at something and I'll say, even say to your uncle, I said, does this make any sense to you? And he's like, no. I mean, you know, it, it, sometimes it makes no sense and it's just not even worth thinking about it because it just makes no sense. <laughs> it's National Diabetes Awareness Month. And if you do anything to celebrate, please leave a review of Beta Cell and the Apple Podcasts app. It really helps other people become aware of this show. See what I did there? And if you've already done that and want to do a little more, you can join our Patreon for just five bucks a month to help support the podcast. Thicker Than Water is a production of Beta Cell. As always, a very special thanks to my Aunt Laura. This amazing cover of Lean On Me You're Hearing is by Nina Raganese. I'm Craig Steubing, and this is Thicker Than Water. We all need somebody.